Hey, what's up, everybody? It's your favorite quarterback hater, Robert Mathis, and you're listening to the For the Culture Podcast. This is the For the Culture Podcast. I'm your host, Luke Diamond. Madden 21 ratings have officially been released for complete rosters, and we're going to get into the Colts' initial Madden 21 grade. So we're going to go right down the line. We're going to hit on at least the top players on the roster, what Madden graded them, and then next week we're going to have Dustin Smith, the head ratings adjuster at EA Sports for Madden, come on the For the Culture podcast, and we're going to debate him on a couple of the Colt players who we feel have been graded way too low and have been disrespected in the game. So let's start off with the highest rated Colt, Quentin Nelson, a 94 in the game. He's the highest rated left guard in the game, second highest rated guard after Zach Martin. Now, Zach Martin is a Dallas Cowboy, and Dustin Smith is a Dallas Cowboy fan. Zach Martin got a 98. So you guys know I'm bringing that up next week. How come your guy got a 98 and our guy, our flawless player, Quinn Nelson, who hasn't given up a sack in 30 games, has only played in 32 games in his NFL career, hasn't given up a sack since the second or third week of his rookie season two years ago, back-to-back first-team All-Pro and plays a more difficult position at that left guard spot in comparison to that right guard spot in Dallas with Zach Martin. And Zach Martin is a tremendous player, tremendous guard. I would say he's the second-best guard in the league after Quentin Nelson. So Nelson is the highest-rated left guard in the NFL, so he has a lot of respect there in the game. He's the highest-rated player on this Colts team, and I would have to agree with that. I would rate other guys on this list higher, but I think Quentin Nelson being the highest out of all our guys is fair. I do believe he is the best player at his position on this roster in comparison to other guys around the league. So I think Quentin Nelson being the highest-rated Colt is correct, but I think he should be a little bit higher, and then I think a lot of other guys on this list should also be higher, especially when you look at the 99 club, Those are players who I would assume are considered in the eyes of the Madden rating adjuster guys to be quote-unquote flawless players. Why look at Quinn Nelson as a damn near flawless player? And if Zach Martin's a 98, I don't know why Quinn Nelson couldn't be at least on par with him as a 98. Then the second guy is our new addition, DeForest Buckner, a second-team All-Pro last year with San Francisco. He's at an 87, so we only have one player in the 90s, and that's Quinn Nelson, DeForest Buckner, our second-highest-rated player, in a tie with T.Y. Hillen at an 87. Now, I thought T.Y. is an 87. I thought that was fair. T.Y. had a down year last year, was banged up a little bit with the injuries. So I thought T.Y. being graded as an 87, coming off an injury plague year last year, didn't really have any huge plays because of the quarterback and because of the injury situation that he was dealing with. So I thought an 87 for T.Y. was fair. I thought Buckner was a little bit low as an 87, but Buckner and T.Y., a pair of 87s. And the Colts have a ton of guys knotted up at 85. Costanza's an 85. Houston's an 85. Ryan Kelly's an 85. Darius Leonard somehow is an 85. And Marla Mack is an 85. So I thought Mack was fairly graded as an 85. I thought that Ryan Kelly should have been a little bit higher. I thought Houston was probably fairly rated as an 85. Leonard just, I don't understand the disrespect of Darius Leonard. First, he's considered by Bleacher Report the biggest miss, the biggest draft bust back when we took him. He was the worst pick 
apparently, in the 2018 draft class. Then he has an incredible rookie season, leads the NFL in tackles, only playing in 15 games, misses the Pro Bowl as the Defensive Rookie of the Year as a first-team All-Pro, doesn't go to the Pro Bowl, and now you have this, back-to-back years, disrespected in the Madden video game, rated only an 85. And when you look at him in comparison to another linebacker, also drafted in 2018, Fred Warner from the San Francisco 49ers, he's rated as an 87. Now, first off, you go back to San Francisco's defense last year. You're telling me Fred Warner and DeForest Buckner are rated the same? I think that's absolutely absurd. DeForest Buckner's value to that defense was so much greater than Warner's, it's not even close. And then to say that Fred Warner is higher than Darius Leonard is an absolute sin. They were both drafted, like I said, back in 2018. So you look at them over the last two years, Darius Leonard played in less games. Darius Leonard played in 28 games to Fred Warner's 32 games. Leonard had 182 solo tackles to 174 solo tackles. He had 102 assisted tackles to 68 assisted tackles. He had 14 quarterback hits to 7 quarterback hits. He had 19 tackles for loss to 10 tackles for loss. He had 12 sacks to 3 sacks. He had 6 forced fumbles to 4 forced fumbles. He had 2 fumble recoveries to 1 fumble recovery. He had 7 interceptions to 1 interception. And then they each had a defensive touchdown, even though we all know Darius Leonard should have two defensive touchdowns because he got robbed of one against Miami last year. So there is not a single statistical category other than games played where Fred Warner is better than Darius Leonard. Leonard beats him in every single statistical category, and the fact that he's done it in four less games is actually more impressive. Yeah, you could say, oh, maybe he's a little bit more injury-prone because he missed those four games, and the other guy has a clean bill of health and hasn't missed a game up until this point. But Darius Leonard is better in every statistical category. In virtually every single category, Darius Leonard is better. He has better hands. He's better in coverage. He's a better tackler. He's more rangy. He's better sideline to sideline. Like, Darius Leonard is better across the board, shedding, tackling, picking off passes with the ball in his hands, forcing fumbles, sacking the quarterback, putting pressure on the quarterback, hitting the quarterback, stripping the ball. He's better across the board. So that is one I'm going to have a lot of fun with Dustin next week on that one. First off, Darius Leonard should be probably a 97, 98. He should be right below Bobby Wagner. He should be the second-best linebacker in football behind Wagner. I think Wagner last year was a 99. This year he fell down to a 98. And Leonard should be right there with him. He should either be a 98 or he should be a 97. He should be in that range. The fact that he's all the way down at 85 is an absolute sin. And there are a handful of linebackers at all three positions ahead of him, which I think is absolutely ridiculous. So we're going to get into that next week, me and Dustin Smith, the head ratings adjuster guy at Madden, because I don't understand the disrespect for Darius Leonard. We got into it last year. And we're going to get into it again this year because now two years in a row, he disrespected our guy Darius Leonard, who is, in my opinion, clearly the best weak side linebacker in the NFL. And to be disrespected the way he's been disrespected when he's done nothing but produce over the last two years, I think is absolutely criminal. And he produces at big times and he forces fumbles and he picks off passes late in games. He gets sacks late in games, put pressures on the quarterback late in games. He's big time when the game's on the line. 
So I don't understand that rationale. So you have Quinn Nelson, 94, DeForest Buckner, and T.Y. at 87. You have Costanzo, Houston, Kelly, Leonard, and Mack at 85. I thought Costanzo at 85 was solid. Houston at 85, I think you could say solid. Ryan Kelly, I thought it was a little bit low at an 85. Leonard, way too low at an 85. Like 10-plus points too low at an 85. And then Marlon Mack, I thought was fair at an 85. Malik Hooker, an 82. And I actually thought he was a little bit high. So he's the first player where I'll say, look, I'm not biased because I'm a Colt fan saying all these guys are too low. Unbiasedly, I think Malik might be a little bit too high because he's so good at what he's good at. What he's good at, he's great at, but he does have so many inefficiencies, so many weaknesses. He's such a one-dimensional player. I think you can make the argument that he might be rated a little bit too high. But when he's clicking on all cylinders and he's flying around and he's picking off passes and he's making plays, he's definitely an 82-plus guy. But the problem is he hasn't been consistent enough in that role. So... When you're in an argument like this with a guy like I'll be next week, you have to have a little give and take. So if I'm going to hammer him on Leonard and Nelson and Buckner, and I'm going to say, all oh, these guys should be higher, they should be higher, they should be higher. Plus, we haven't even gotten into Kenny Moore yet and some of these other guys. So then after Hooker at an 82, Phillip Rivers also an 82. If you go back to Madden last year, Madden 20, Phillip Rivers was higher in Madden 20 than Andrew Luck. And Phillip Rivers did have a really good 2018, so... He's still high on Phillip Rivers. Even coming off the 20-pick season last year still gives Rivers an 82, which I like. I think that's fair. I think an 82 for Phillip Rivers is fair. Last year when I had the problem with him, it wasn't that Rivers was too high. It was that Luck was way too low. Luck last year after coming off that 2018 season, I thought he should have been up in the mid-90s, and Luck was down, I think, in the mid to low 80s, which I thought was ridiculous. And he was lower than Phillip Rivers, which I didn't like. But it wasn't really Rivers being too high as much as it was Luck just being too low. And it looks like they've stayed consistent with that. And they don't think that Rivers took a big step back last year. And they have him as an 82. So I think that's solid. I like that. Braden Smith as an 82. Might be a little bit low. But when you look at Costanzo as an 85 and Kelly at an 85, I think that an 82 for Braden Smith is fair. And Braden Smith is very under the radar around the league. So the fact that they gave him an 82, I actually was was happy with. He might be a little bit low, but I think it's fair. Jack Doyle at an 81, I think, is very low. And I think I saw Ebron got like an 84, an 85, which is absurd because Eric Ebron is a one-trick pony. Eric Ebron is a receiving tight end who can't block, he can't catch. He has horrible hands. And then you have a player in Jack Doyle who's a jack-of-all-trades. He could block. He could catch. He could do anything you ask him to do. And then, of course, he never complains. And I love the locker room presence and the leadership of Jack Doyle. Now, that's not going to affect you in your Madden rating. They're not going to say, oh, well, Eric Ebron is a locker room cancer and he faked an injury or whatever we think happened last year with Eric Ebron. So they're not going to get into that in a Madden rating, but I just view Jack Doyle as such a multi-dimensional tight end. I don't understand how he could be lower than Eric Ebron when last year it was so obvious we were a better offense when Jack Doyle was on the field because the defense didn't know, okay, it's automatically a pass. 
we had multiple looks we could run out there when we had Jack Doyle. And then the game against Miami, when we forced the ball and forced the ball and forced the ball to Eric Ebron, it was the worst offensive game we had all year. And then you look at the first half of the Oakland game, dropping three passes. So between his hands, his stone hands, and his inability to block, I definitely think that Jack Doyle is the better tight end. And at the end of the day, I don't really care what Madden says. I'm happy that we have Jack Doyle returning. I'm happy we re-signed Jack Doyle over Eric Ebron. Just like I was happy we re-signed Jack Doyle over Allen and Fleener. Even though we did re-sign Allen, then we traded him to the Patriots. So I love Jack Doyle. I think he's underrated. But he's the type of player you kind of expect to be underrated in a video game. Because he's not flashy and he's a lunch pail blue-collar player. Trey Burton right below him as an 80. So they basically are saying there's no difference between Trey Burton and Jack Doyle. There's a one-point difference. And Trey Burton is a very similar player to Jack Doyle. And I think he's going to complement Doyle really well. I think he's going to be really good in this Frank Reich offense as he was when he was with Frank Reich and he was playing behind Zach Ertz in Philadelphia. So I like the Trey Burton addition for the Colts team and I think an 80 is a fair grade especially if Jack Doyle is only one point ahead of Burton you couldn't have Burton higher than an 81 or you couldn't have him at an 81 or higher so I think Burton at an 80 is fair because Jack Doyle was a little bit too low and then here's one of the biggest tragedies on this entire roster and this is my first time looking at a lot of these guys Kenny Moore as an 80 that is just criminal there are probably 20 to 30 cornerbacks higher than Kenny Moore and that's because they don't know how to grade I don't know how Madden doesn't have the ability to separate a slot corner from a boundary corner because in the slot Kenny Moore is a 93 plus he's a 95 when he's in the slot but when you put him in the boundary and you make him play outside the numbers he's a 70 to a 75 and I guess if you average the two out, maybe that's what they do. They average it out and they get an 80. But I think that's the wrong way to go about it. Because in the game, you're using him in the slot where he's at his best. So I think the game, and they do do that for other positions. They're able to separate a weak side linebacker from a middle linebacker from an outside linebacker. So why can't they separate a boundary corner from a slot corner? Because... Kenny Moore in the slot is an elite player. He's a top three slot corner in the NFL. But you take all the corners, then yeah, of course he's going to be a much weaker player because he doesn't have the ability at five foot eight or whatever he is to bounce outside and be the same caliber player he is on the boundary. So that's just a flaw in Madden's ability to separate the two positions because they really are two separate positions and they count it as one position and it makes guys like Kenny Moore suffer because they count it as one position, but they're always going to value that boundary corner outside the number of guys. So Kenny Moore, very, very low as an 80 because I think he's the third best player on this defense. I would go Darius Leonard, DeForest Buckner, Kenny Moore. And the fact that they have Malik ahead of Kenny Moore I think is a sin. And then the fact that they have Kenny Moore as an 80 I think is a sin. After Kenny, we have Danico Autry at a 76, which I think is fair. He was definitely an 80-plus caliber player in 2018. He was really, really solid in 2018. Took a step back last year, and I think he'll take a step forward again this year now with the addition of DeForest Buckner 
and being able to either come off the bench as a three-tech or line up at DN. So I think 76 is a fair grade for him. And here we go, another guy. So disrespected. And you expect it, again, you kind of expect it with a player like this. And that's Naheem Hines, a 75. He should be a 95-plus as a punt returner. And I don't know if you line him up as a punt returner, if that overall grade changes or if it's the same 75, but he plays like a 95. Like, I don't know how that works. But a 75 for Naheem Hines. And I would like to go back. I wish I did this before I looked at this list. I would like to go back and see what Darren Sproles was in his prime because Naheem Hines is not a guy who's going to carry the ball 7, 10, 15, 20 times a game. He's going to have two, three carries, and the Colts are going to target him out of the backfield. He's going to have over 100 receptions, in my opinion, this year. I think he's going to hit that 90 to 100 reception mark this season. We're going to line him up all over the field. He's going to have a handful of carries, and he's going to be one of the best return specialists in the NFL. So I think he is an all-pro caliber player. But again, like Kenny Moore, not a traditional boundary corner. With a player like Naheem Hines, he's not a traditional running back. So they don't really know how to grade him because you have a player like Christian McCaffrey who could also catch 100 passes out of the backfield, but he could also rush for 1,500 yards. So they do view him as a traditional running back who has the ability to also, in addition to that, catch the ball of the backfield. Then you look at Naheem Hines, and they look at him as more of a gadget player, and they don't respect him as a traditional running back because he can't give you 100 yards on the ground unless he were to bust two for 50-plus yards to get up to that mark because you're not going to ground and pound with him the way you could with McCaffrey. And I'm not saying that Naheem Hines is anywhere near the level of Christian McCaffrey. I'm just saying that I'm just using McCaffrey as an example of a guy who could catch 100-plus passes out of the backfield, which we've never even seen Hines do up until this point. So I'm not saying Hines has already done it. I'm just saying I think Hines will go out and get close to 100 receptions this year. And then you look at a running back who's done that in the past, the last two years, in McCaffrey, but he's doing so much more than that because he's doing that, plus he could rush for over 1,500 yards. So I thought that Naheem Hines was a little bit low, but he's one of those players I expected him to be low, and he's going to go out this year and prove why he should be higher. Unlike a player like Kenny Moore, who in my opinion has already proved that in the slot he's a 90-plus caliber player and they have him down as an 80 so I think Kenny Moore and Darius Leonard are 10 plus points lower than they should be in their Madden grades let's see next we have Kamoko Ture a 75 I think that's a fair grade because we really haven't seen him play too much football yet wasn't great his rookie year last year was much improved putting pressure on the quarterback but his season was cut short, so he just hasn't played all that much football up until this point. So I think a 75 is fair, although when they update the rosters, I expect him to skyrocket this season because I think he's going to have a really, really, really good season for the Colts. Rocky Asin, 75, which I think is a fair grade because he started pretty low last year, had that horrible game against the Broncos and got better as the year went on. So he's another player starting the year at a 75. I think that's fair, but I expect him to get up into the 80s. But then again, when you have a player like Kenny Moore at an 80, how much higher could you make Rocky Asin when Kenny Moore is clearly the best cornerback on this roster? And I don't think I'm going to do too many more guys, but 
Zach Pascal is 74, Xavier Rhodes is 74, Rigoberto Sanchez is 74, Kari Willis is 74. Then you get a lot of these guys just kind of bunched up. Mark Lewinsky, 73. Anthony Walker, 73. That is so ridiculously low. Walker is a solid 80, in my opinion. He's just a solid pros, pros, middle linebacker. I think he could start for a handful of teams in this league. A 73 for Anthony Walker Jr. is really low. Paris Campbell, 72. He has to stay healthy this season. I keep beating that to death. He's a player I think a lot of people keep forgetting about Paris Campbell. I think he's going to be a big part of this team if he stays healthy, but he has to stay healthy. He's one of those players who... He has the upside of being a 90, a 90-plus one day, but if he can't stay on the field, he can't stay on the field. So we need him to get and stay healthy. Okariki, 72, I think that's a number that's going to skyrocket this year. Jordan Wilkins, a 72, I think that's fair because he's our fourth running back. So he's a player who I think if he had more of an opportunity, he would be higher, but he just hasn't had a great opportunity in Indianapolis. Jacoby Brissett, 71, which is really good, in my opinion, for a backup quarterback. Horrible for a starter, but for a backup, I think a 71 is a good score. TJ Carey, 71. Tyquan Lewis, 71. Ben Banigou, 70. I think that should go up. Marcus Johnson, 70. That should go up a little bit. Roosevelt Nick, 70. Marvell Tell, 70. That'll go up. Chad Williams. Then you get into some of these practice team guys. Chad Williams, in my opinion, won't make the roster. He's a 70. George Odom, 69. That should be higher. Matthew Adams, 67. Sheldon Day, 67. That should be a little bit higher. DeReese Fountain, 67. We've never seen him play in an NFL game. Aquadi Muhammad, 67. That should probably be a little bit higher. But these back-end guys are tougher to grade out. Moali Cox, 66. Zaire Franklin, 66. Chase McLaughlin, 66. Ashton Doolin, 65. Grover Stewart, 65, should definitely be higher. Jerry Green, 64, should be lower. Darius Jackson won't make the roster, so it doesn't matter. Neither would Jerry Green. EJ Speed, 63, tough player to grade. And then you just go down the line. Most of the rest of the guys aren't going to make the roster. Chad Kelly, a 57. Don't tell the Chad Kelly fanboys, the Ole Miss frat boys on Twitter. They'll kill you if you tell them that Chad Kelly is a deserving 57, despite what he did in the fourth quarter of those preseason games last year. LaRaven Clark, a 56. How in the world? You cannot go into the season with LaRaven Clark as your first line of defense if Anthony Costanzo goes down. He cannot be your backup left tackle. That is just a death sentence if LaRaven Clark is your backup left tackle. 56. Bunched up with a bunch of guys who aren't going to make the roster. So, Oh, and then the rookies. We'll get into the rookies. The rookies are separate on this list. So, Jonathan Taylor, 73, the highest rated rookie. None of these guys, mind you, have played in an NFL game yet. So you have to keep all that in the back of your mind when you're going through these guys. But Jonathan Taylor, 73, I expect him to come out, have a super productive rookie season, and see that number skyrocket. Michael Pittman Jr., 71. Julian Blackman, 69. We won't see Blackman for a little while. Pittman, I expect that number to go up as well. Rodrigo Blankenship, 68. So that's higher, I think, than Chase McLaughlin. What I say McLaughlin was a 66. Rodrigo Blankenship, a 68, much stronger leg. 
So I think that's fair. Again, hasn't played in NFL games. You can't give him too much credit now, but they do have him ahead of Chase McLaughlin. Desmond Patman, 64. Jacob Eason, 63. Isaiah Rogers, 63. Rob Windsor, 63. Jordan Glasgow, 62. Danny Pinter, 61. So solid showing there from the Colts rookies. Taylor and Pittman both in the 70s before playing an NFL game, which is pretty impressive. I'm not sure in comparison to other rookies around the league. And then just some other players that I saw just to note. Rob Gronkowski, a 95. The guy hasn't played in 18 months. 18 months. Retired last year, hasn't played in 18 months. I'm not sure how they gave him a 95. I think he was the third highest rated tight end in the game after Kittle and Travis. So I don't know how you give a guy a 95 who hasn't played in over a year and a half. So I thought that was interesting. The 99 club, Patrick Mahomes definitely deserved it. Aaron Donald, I think for the fourth straight year, definitely deserved it. Gilmore, I thought you could make the argument. I don't know if he's a perfect player. I don't know if he's a flawless player, but last year he was definitely the best corner in the league. So I thought you could make the argument for or against him. Michael Thomas made the 99 club. Last year, I think it was DeAndre Hopkins for the receivers. This year, it was Michael Thomas. You don't have to have a receiver every year, but last year, it was DeAndre Hopkins. This year, it was Michael Thomas. And immediately, I thought he had 149 receptions. It was Marvin a 99 after the 02-03 season when he had 143 receptions because I still believe that Marvin's 143 year in 02 was better than Michael Thomas's. 149 last year because of a the era the rules and b because Marvin had 11 touchdowns and Thomas had nine touchdowns so I immediately went back to Madden 04 to check Marvin's rating and Marvin did in fact have a 99 so Marvin Harrison did make the 99 club so we could all sleep well tonight knowing that Madden is intellectually consistent when a player breaks the all-time record for receptions in a single season they do get rewarded in the 99 club and to go through the two seasons Marvin in the 0203 season 143 receptions 1723 yards 12 yards per reception 107.6 yards per game and 11 touchdowns was rated a 99 the following year in Madden 04. And then Michael Thomas last year, 149 receptions, so six more receptions, 1,725 yards, only three more yards, averaged 11.6 yards per reception, so 0.4 yards less per reception, so very, very close. 107.8 yards per game, so 0.2 yards per game more than Marvin, and then nine touchdowns to Marvin's 11 touchdowns. So yards, damn near identical. Yards per reception, damn near identical. Yards per game, damn near identical. And then Michael Thomas had six more receptions. Marvin had two more touchdowns. I would trade six receptions for two touchdowns. So if Michael Thomas is a 99 in Madden 21, I have no problem with it. As long as Marvin Harrison is a 99 in Madden 04, I went back, I fact-checked it, and we could all sleep well tonight because Marvin Harrison was, in fact, a 99 in 2004. So then I also was a little bit curious, what about Peyton Manning? How many years did Manning make the 99 club? 2006, 
2007, 2008, 2009, 2010, and 2011. Six years Peyton Manning made the 99 club in Madden, and he made it six consecutive years, which is just ridiculously impressive. So in the 99 club this year, you have Patrick Mahomes, back-to-back for Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Donald, four straight, Gilmore, Michael Thomas, and Christian McCaffrey. So that is your group five guys in the 99 club for Madden. And I guess the game comes out in a couple weeks. Usually comes out in August sometimes. So next week we're going to have Dustin on. That's going to be a lot of fun. I'm excited to battle Dustin on a couple topics, especially Darius Leonard at an 85. And we're going to get into some of that Cowboy stuff. His guy Zach Martin sitting at a 98 and our flawless player in Quinn Nelson, who hasn't given up a sack in 30 games after playing 32 career games, is sitting at a 94. So I'm happy in a sense that Quinn Nelson is respected, highest-rated left guard in the game, but why is he four points lower than Zach Martin? We're going to get into it next week with Dustin Smith, the head ratings adjuster at Madden. So that's going to be a ton of fun. I cannot wait for that interview next week. Guys, please subscribe to the channel. Put on the notification bell because I've heard that people aren't getting our notifications. You could also check us out on Spotify, on Apple, on iHeart, on Radio.com if you don't like listening to us on YouTube. So we have a ton of different platforms. You can follow us on Twitter at ForTheCulture or on Instagram at Culture underscore podcast. Give us a follow. Help us out. Support the podcast. Because we love doing it for you guys. And we love bringing you as much Colts content, Colts discussion as possible here on the For the Culture podcast. In two days, we have Yogi Roth of the Pac-12 Network joining us to talk about Julian Blackman and Jacob Eason and Michael Pittman Jr. And Desmond Patton, all the Pac-12 guys the Colts drafted in the 2020 draft. So that's going to be a lot of fun to get his insight after covering these guys in college over the last three, four years and talk about what he sees for them now in the NFL playing for the Colts in 2020 and beyond. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Yogi Roth joining us from the Pac-12 Network here on the For the Culture Podcast. Also spent a couple years coaching at USC during the Reggie Bush era for the Trojans. So really excited to get him on the podcast, talk to him about some of the guys the Colts drafted out of the Pac-12 in the 2020 draft.